take you back to when I was five years of age. I'm Jewish. Um, I, uh, I was born mitzvahed. Uh, I graduated college. I'm just telling you the whole nine yards. I worked for Merrill Lynch, nice normal Lynch. That's a human for those of you that don't know if read Hebrew. Uh, but at five years old, my, my folks were out. Uh, they were athletes. Poker was their sport. <laughs> anyway, uh, and I was home alone. I remember saying, as only a five-year-old would say, maybe if I said it long enough, they'd come home. So I said, I wish they'd come home. I wish they'd come home. I'm just over and over again. And all of a sudden, I had a thought. This thought didn't come from me. A five-year-old doesn't think this way. And this was the thought. It was a question. What happens when you die? Well, as a five-year-old, I tried to imagine what life would be like without me. And I didn't think the world could get along. No, I'm just teasing. But, uh, uh, but uh, I, I, did, I blocked it from my mind for many years. But I was always interested in the supernatural. I just didn't know the difference between God's supernatural and the evil one's supernatural. I was interested in psychics and fortune telling, uh, in hypnosis, and you know, all of these things that used to really excite me. Since that time, I have studied the supernatural and I have found that what few people understand, what we see is like the iceberg. We see 5% of what's going on. 95% is in the invisible world. And you wonder why bad things happen to you, because 95% you don't know what's going on because it's invisible. And so I've studied that and I got involved in a New Age meditation course, and I opened myself up to, they told me, a counselor. Um, and this counselor would answer any question I had. And my goal, of course, in life was to become a millionaire by 30. Uh, and uh, I wasn't a millionaire, but then I said, ah, oh, as a stockbroker, getting this inside information from uh, this counselor, I can be a millionaire and I can be happy. But you know what? The most important things in life money cannot buy. I got in over my head. This invisible world is filled with good and evil. Most people don't know it. And the evil disguises itself as good. So it's, it's a dangerous spot if you don't know what you're doing. I didn't want God. I, I'm Orthodox. I got my bases covered. I, didn't, I, I, I just wanted to get rid of this evil thing that was inside of me. Some of my friends at that point were uh, Christians and they said to me, you know, Sid, your own Torah in the book of Deuteronomy condemns your involvement in the New Age. It calls it an abomination to communicate with the dead, to go to psychics and seances and fortune telling and reading uh, cards. Uh, and I said, no, I didn't know that. And I looked it up. You know, it felt like everything was converging on me. I, I have this Torah portion, Deuteronomy 18, saying being involved in the New Age, the occult, is, is, is an abomination to God. Uh, I have this voice inside of me that they called a, a counselor, uh, but the Bible refers to it as a demon. 
and and I was getting information from this voice that I didn't have in my intellect and then I had broken into astral projection uh, that's where your spirit leaves your body and I had the most gross thoughts that my spirit would leave my body and they would find me home alone and they bury me alive and I know that sounds outrageous to you but that's what I was thinking and I had the worst fear a human can have and I don't know if any of you can relate to that kind of fear well I know some of you can I didn't want to die but life was too hard it was too hard I reached that point and so I remember the worst night of my life I I went out to a Jewish bookstore I bought a silver mezuzah and put it around my neck why did I do that because the Christians hold up a silver cross when Dracula shows up and I figured in my mind somehow that's gonna help me from this demon uh, that is attacking me and I then had a Bible, a Tanakh at that time, I put it under my pillow. I, I mean, I did all I knew to do. I was actually nowhere I could go. I mean, where could I have gone? Mom, Dad, I'm hearing a voice. They'll send me to a psychiatrist. No, so psychiatrists can't take of, care of something in the invisible world. I knew there was nowhere I could go except one place God and so I said a two-word prayer I said Yeshua help and then sheer exhaustion I fell asleep and when I woke up I couldn't believe what was going on there was something in that room something in that atmosphere it was the presence of God he's always been with us but not to that intensity and I had what is known as experiential knowledge of God I had a revelation I knew that Yeshua was my Mashiach and then he began to speak to me and give me direction and I'll tell you what if what happened to me happened to me all those years ago when I was 30 I might begin to think I imagine it but I have to tell you I have a walk with Hashem with God every single day I talk to him he talks to me I feel his presence wherever I go I, I, I walk in such supernatural shalom oh I get upset like any other human but then I come to my senses I know God I know God and I'll tell you this if you have everything and don't know God you have nothing and if you have nothing and know God you've got everything why would you go with these cheap counterfeits when you can go to the real thing? You can come to me. And see, but I didn't know that from religion. Because religion, uh, here's what the problem uh, is in religion. And I'm totally convinced of that because I started studying the, uh, uh, the, the Torah. Religion has become almost a middleman 
And God says, I already have a middleman. But let me explain who God's middleman is. Uh, Ezekiel 18.4 says, The soul who sins shall die, be cut off from God. <laughs> and you know the tzaddiks? This is what God says to the tzaddiks, the righteous people. Psalm 143.2, David says, God, no one living is righteous. No one, not one, is righteous before you. That's why we had animal sacrifices. That's why we had a temple. The animal would die in our place, so we Jewish people were protected. But then the temple was destroyed in the year 70 AD. What are we going to do? Well, here's what happened. This is, this is what the prophet Daniel says. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting death. That everlasting sounds like a long time to me. I don't want to be the, the, this everlasting death. So Leviticus 17.11 says it's the blood that makes atonement for our soul. It's only the blood. An animal sacrifice. And uh, the book of Daniel tells us the ultimate sacrifice. Daniel 9.26 says the anointed one, that's the Messiah, will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing. And a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. So the Messiah, the anointed one, will come and die before the Jewish temple is destroyed. So whoever the Messiah is, he had to come to our people before the year 70 AD. That's why the Jewish prophet Jeremiah says, the day is coming in which I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with Moses, their forefathers. This is a better covenant because it's going to do three things the Mosaic covenant did not do. The first thing is it's going to do is the Torah will be inside of us. He's going to put his word inside of us. The second thing it will do is, and this is so wonderful, I, you, will know God for yourself, not through a middleman, but God's middleman, the Messiah. Not through a priest or a rabbi. The job of the priest or the rabbi is to teach us to know God. And then, listen to this. Remember, there's not one righteous. God says unto this Brit Chadashah, this new covenant, I, God, will remember your sins no more. So, how do we know for sure this Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah? There are over 300 predictions. I'm going to tell you just a few. All in the Torah. All we know before, uh, they were written even before the Messiah came to earth. Micah says the exact city he'd be born in. Bethlehem of Judea. Isaiah says the Goyim, the Gentiles, will follow the Jewish Messiah. Zechariah says he'd be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. It would be thrown into the temple and given to the potter. Do you know the Messiah Yeshua was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver? And Judas threw it into the temple 
and he was buried in Potter's tomb. Zechariah said he would go to the potter. I mean, it, the, at 300 like this, I don't have the time to go over them all. Uh, David said he would die by crucifixion. I have to read this to you. I read this to my Orthodox Jewish father, and he said, stop. You're describing Yeshua. And I said, Dad, this is the Tanakh that our rabbi gave me. And this passage of Isaiah was written 800 years before Messiah came to earth. 800 years before. Let me tell you Isaiah's description of Messiah. My father thought it was Yeshua. What do you think? Isaiah 53, verse 1 through 5. Who has believed our report? There's a prophet speaking, so who's going to believe the prophet's report? Who has the arm of the Lord Messiah been revealed to? The arm of the Lord is another name for the anointed one, the Mashiach. Um, God, God said he looked for an intercessor and he couldn't find one. So his own arm brought salvation. You know what salvation of read is? Yeshua. <laughs> his own arm brought Yeshua. Uh, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And a root out of dry ground. He'll have no form or comeliness. And when we Jewish people see him, there'll be no beauty that we should desire him. He'll be despised and rejected by men. And we Jewish people will hide, as it were, our faces from him. He'll be despised and will not even esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. In the Greek, that means sicknesses. He not only would take our sins, he'd take our sicknesses and carried our sorrows. That's pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. And the punishment for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, what comes from stripes? Wounds. What comes from wounds? Blood. Without the flowing of blood, there's no atonement for sin. By his wounds, we are healed. If you believe there is a remote chance that what I'm saying is true, there's only one way you'll know for sure, and that's to ask God yourself. I want you in your heart to say every day, God, if Yeshua is Messiah, show me in a way that I'll understand. And I want you to go to our webpage, and you'll get my full story. It's called There Must Be More Dot Life. In Yeshua's name, let the shalom and healing of God overwhelm you. Amen.